I just really love this music, and that's why I want to show it to you. Here we go. Hello and welcome to the Music Crush Monday podcast. This is the podcast where two friends review and discuss bands that one of them personally loves. It is Monday. We're crushing on music. And this is a podcast. All the boxes are checked. How you doing, Steve? All the descriptive words of this podcast. <laughs> Everything I'm t- is in I'm order. Doing great, Kevin. Awesome. I'm doing great after that amazing intro. Hey, got to keep it fresh, you know? <laughs> and this is a podcast. <laughs> Sometimes the things that come off the top of your head are better than the things you plan out. So This is not live radio. This is not no. a video. Nope. You cannot watch us. I always love that when. <laughs> I always love it when relatives are like, "Oh, I want to watch your podcast." Right. <laughs> it's like what? What? Yeah. Let me explain what a podcast is first. What, what do you? What do you think a podcast is? Well, I think I don't know. If we've talked about this on an actual episode, but literally, my favorite thing ever is my mom. Like when we first started and we had like the party, uh-huh. she's like. Sorry, I'm going to miss your podcast. How do I watch? Because <laughs> she, she couldn't make the party. It's like, it's not, we're not, well, it's, for, first, you, you don't watch it. Second, we're not recording anything. We're just hanging out. <laughs> oh, it, yeah, that is always fun. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's so funny. But it is like a, a major thing now. It just, it just seems like everybody's doing podcasts. I mean, everybody is doing a podcast. Literally. Except my mom. Apparently. I mean, she could easily start her own podcast. I don't know what her likes or dislikes or hobbies are, but she likes to knit. She could start a podcast. She, the knitting podcast. I'm sure. That, yeah. What's your it, mom's name? Candy. Ah, uh, knitting with candy. Yeah. <laughs> it's also a candy uh, review podcast. Right, and it's ASMR with like the knitting needles. And yeah. The microphone. And the lip smacking of the uh, the Starbursts and the Laffy Taffies. <laughs> All right, I'm hanging Ooh, up with you. I'm going to call my mom. Be like, mom, we got we're sitting on a pile of gold. Let's get started. <laughs> hanging with candy. She's like, I don't I don't know what to wear. <laughs> <laughs> mom, it's like working from home. You don't have to wear anything. Right. Oh boy. <laughs> so what's going on with you, Steve? Nothing. I'm just, you know, sitting here not wearing any pants and nice. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm wearing pants. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm ready to uh, play you some music awesome. that uh, I just decided on doing. So you're a little prepared. I'm super prepared. That's how, I'm, I, that's how I we roll this, here. I think that's how 2021 is going to go for me. I'm just like, whatever. Just tell me what to do, Kevin. Just it's it's the analogy of it's 2021. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's it's twenty twenty one. I don't know what else what else you want. That's my explanation, right? So you know, twenty twenty one. And nobody's um, arguing it. So let's just yeah, let's just roll with it the it's whole true. year. It, it it's true. Nobody's arguing it, but right. nobody's saying anything either. But yeah, nobody's you know, agreeing with it either. So. <laughs> we don't know either way, but that's okay. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. I'm always I'm always li- liking. Uh, being on this side of the, the the episode, but especially when you don't have something totally prepared, 
because that is always just fun. Or he's flying. Yeah. So it's perfect. It's, it's perfect. gonna be a perfect it's gonna be a perfect episode. Perfect um, ten. Yeah. So let's go ahead and we'll just I guess jump right into it. I don't know. If, I don't think I really want to. I'll, I'll talk more later. Let's talk later. We'll talk later. Music All right, now. here we go. Talk later.
All right, Kevin, there we go. The first song of the episode, second episode of the year for me. Do you want to just, make me happy? Just doing random facts. Yeah, That's I do want to make you happy. It's another fact. Do you want to make you happy? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, what's another fact? What do you want to tell me? Uh, How, what did you feel about this uh, song? I it, it took me a minute to be convinced um but the longer it played the more i was convinced and the bridge is what really did it for me when it when it kind of kicked in to a higher key if that's the right term um so i did enjoy it i didn't have no complaints about the song the things i liked i felt like this is something i would be able to sing along to Mm -hmm. and it wasn't like too like dreary you know, to like, sure, to not want to listen to it. You know, it'd be it'd be one that I'm just I'm speaking in in bigger picture terms. Uh, it'd be one that like would frequent, I guess you can say. Um, really? Also, okay. yeah, like like I was trying to think because I I couldn't pinpoint who it sounded like. You know, um, but it the feeling I got, and I was trying to figure out in my head how to explain this without sounding stupid. Um, but the feeling I got was like. A band like, I'll just use my favorite bands for example, like Emery or Silverstein or somebody, like having like a an aggressive side, but then this song is like what they would do on the other side of things, but mm-hmm. you would like it just as much. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, no, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, so I was fe- to I, me, like I was feeling like this would be like another song, like another thing that a band I like does, and I was trying, and that was what I was saying in my head. I was like, that doesn't make sense to me, but. I know what I'm trying to say, and that's where I was worried I, I wouldn't make any sense trying to explain that. But, um, so I'm, it leads to the point that I'm curious if their music is like this, or if they have like another style, or if this is like their main thing. Like, sure, 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 sure. This, I, I to answer your question right away, this is kind of what the band is. Okay. Um, they, I mean, they ha- have experimented with a couple other styles. Um, but like aggressive wise, no, they, I wouldn't compare them necessarily to where like, this is the B side to Emery or Silverstein. Right. Like this is the A side to this band. Okay. Um, uh, although I would, I will say that not all of their songs start out or are intentionally slow like that. Yeah. Um, I, I specifically picked this song just because I love the dynamics of that of the song where it is this like really, you know, slow um, song like I want to make you happy. And it's like really contemplative piano in the beginning of the song. And then like as you add in some more layers, it feels like just more like a straight up rock song. Yeah. Nothing like too flashy or anything. Uh, feels kind of just like a normal rock band. The guy's got kind of like an interesting voice, um, kind of draws you in a little bit. And then, like you said, they they get to that bridge and they're like full on like feel. It feels anthemic. It feels like yeah. stadium rock. Like, and it's like yeah. And you, see, and you could just picture like a packed audience singing along or for real, yeah. yeah. I, and and that and it, it's such a really awesome feeling and like the, so they get the well even like the the start of the bridge where it's like 
the it's still piano, but it's like a catchier vocal hook. It's like yeah. And then, like that, just the build of both of those. It's almost like there's two separate bridges, right? right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like there's the bridge, and then there's like the instrumental part of it that continues into the later half of the bridge. And that part, like, it just feels so big. And then, just when you think the song's over, they come right back in with that really contemplative piano yeah. and back in with the original starting lyrics of the song and then just like a slow fade out. It just yeah. feels good. Yeah, it's a good, like like you said, it starts off slow intentionally, but like going back to that was like a good cap off, you know, <laughs> to the song. Like it was yeah. just like they tied it all back together. And, and the other thought I had too, like... Back in the last episode with Rome Hero Foxes, we were wanting something out of that second song. And that's kind of like when this song started, I was like, all right. And then it kept going. I was like, this is what I mean. Like, this is what I was like wanting from the other, the last week's episode where I was like, I want something to happen still. And right. Was, you was, want that build. You yeah. want that, that, that tension. And like, because the, there's like this no tension in the beginning and there's like this tension and you're like i need the release i need the release and then they they like do it like they like hallelujah um uh what do they say they say hallelujah not breathing i'm not breathing and then like then it like just releases and then it's like, Oh, there's like this calm after this crazy right. storm of emotion is what it felt like. And then they go back to the beginning and it's, there's this calmness to it, it was like, I want to make you happy. Right. Yeah. No, it was cool. I mean, cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. So let me go ahead and I will reveal. I, I, I'm, I don't, do we play the game anymore? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, do you want to guess? No, just reveal. I mean, I like playing the game, but like, <laughs> just reveal. I don't, okay, I don't well, I'm going like to steal one of your thing. children. Um, yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah, keep. I'll keep them here for now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so this is the song uh, "Down Towards the Healing" off of the album "Pretend You're Alive," which was released in 2004 on the Militia Group. And the band is Love Drug. Nope. Nothing. Never heard of them. Never. Yep. <laughs> nothing on that one. Okay. Well, Love Drug actually, at least for me, was kind of like an up and coming band and was beginning to become one of those constant touring bands. And they got onto a lot of really good tours within, uh, you know, the, the underground punk indie emo scene you could say uh-huh. uh they were signed to the militia group which was a really cool record label i i follow the militia group pretty much the same as i did with uh like tooth and nail okay. um so militia group had branson which i've covered before they had copeland which i've covered acceptance was another huge one that they had um so they've had they have like this really good foundation of bands i mean they had a huge 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 roster um i'm only just brushing the surface of cartel is another huge one Mm -hmm. uh that was on the militia group uh that ended up going on to do big things the rocket summer um 
so a lot of a lot of different bands um they all kind of fell into this world of indie emo kind of music and i super gravitated toward love drug just because like like i was saying before his vocals were so intriguing to me mm-hmm. because they're not real traditional rock vocals or indie vocals you don't really hear a lot of like vibrato um in vocals like this and it's not even just that like it's higher pitched and it's i don't know there's 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 a lot of character to his voice and i was drawn to that yeah um and when this album came out i don't know how many albums it sold but it was one i feel like one of the more popular albums actually uh for militia group at the time um so they actually it says that it, the the album became the label's fastest selling debut selling close to 20,000 copies within the first few months of the release which well at the time I think were a lot and yeah. the thing with militia group and this happened with acceptance as well um militia group was kind of like an incubator la- label where uh they had connections to major label distribution um, because I believe they kind of had some major label backing. Uh, they were still like an independent record label on their own, and they were able to release their own things, but they had this connection to where they could upstream bands if they were doing well to the major labels. Okay. Um, and I think we That's talked cool. about yeah. that in a couple episodes before, um, maybe with... Uh, like Mark Rose or something. I can't remember specifically, but I feel like we talked about upstreaming. And uh, so this album, Pretend You're Alive, actually was upstreamed to Columbia and was re-released on Columbia Records. Um, And then Columbia Records kind of was volatile. You know, like how major record labels are, you know, you could have a whole team behind that band and then that team drops out or gets fired. And then a band is just left there and the label doesn't want anything to do with them anymore. Right. I think that's kind of how things were with love drug. You know, they had like an excited team and then things just changed at Columbia. So, um, they didn't, end up staying on Columbia for their follow-up album, um, which came out in um, uh, 2007. They came, they had their follow-up second album and that was called everything starts where it ends. Um, and it was such, such a good album. Um, it was an awesome follow-up and they're, they're a really cool band. Like, like I was saying before, like they, they have a really good mix and feel to the band like you have this you know kind of generic rock band feel to it right but then they have the ability to extend it you know and and add so much depth to it and intensity and emotion um and i think that that this this first song that i played was a a really good example of you know how this band is and like kind of what they were at their best, yeah. you know, like this is what they're good at. It's kind of neat to hear that they were in that like punk scene almost, or I mean, maybe not necessarily the punk scene, but like you just say like pop punk bands or whenever the emo trend was, but it's, it's, I was wondering that too, while, while listening to the first song, like where, where did this band fit 
you know, and I could, I mean, I've only heard right. the song, but I only, I could see them playing with a, other bands, like I mentioned earlier too. Like, um, yeah, no, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it was always interesting because they do feel like a band that didn't wouldn't quite fit in that world, um, but they did. They were they were a band that was able to be a part of this punk emo indie whatever you want to call it music scene and um so like here i've seen them a total of four times and i'll give you a couple of the other bands i'll give you all the other bands that they played with okay Mm -hmm. so this is a love drug headlining show in madison i saw in 2007 love drug headlined stray light run which had members from taking back sunday in it okay and Sparta, I don't know if you've ever heard of Sparta. I've heard of them. Uh, but they have, Sparta had members from uh, At the Drive-In in that man. Okay. Uh, Plain White Tees. Heard of them. Uh, Boys Night Out. Okay. Um, May. Yeah. The Audition. This is all one night? No, no, this oh, okay. is four separate shows. I was like, holy so crap. I'm going in order. <laughs> so the first one, Love Drug, Stray Light Run, and Sparta was one show. Okay. Plain it. White Tees, Boys Night Out, and Love Drug was a, another one, and that was at the Rave in Milwaukee in 2007 as well. 2006, I saw May Headline, Love Drug, and The Audition in Covington, Kentucky. Nice. That's when I was living in Cincinnati. Nice. And then 2005, Janet and I saw them in Buffalo, New York, where Matchbook Romance, Armor for Sleep, and Gatsby's American Dream played as well. Wow. Sounds like Music Crush Monday tours. <laughs> right? I, and I mean, <laughs> they are, if you think about it. Like, if you, if you hear the bands that I'm listing off of all of these shows, they're totally bands that mean something to me. Right. You know, and so it's no surprise that this band is also on that list. I mean, and then in t- in t- on top of that, like looking at their Wikipedia page, it says that they've been on tour dates, support tour dates with The Killers, Robert Plant, Switchfoot, Coheed and Cambria, yeah. and a whole bunch of others. That's cool. So, and Blue October, like they Ugh. like they were all over the place in different styles and in music. I feel like they fit. They fit well in those those different areas, right? No, that's um, really cool. And I, I think that's. I'm sure that they weren't playing that game, but I was going to say it's kind of smart though, like that they get on all those tours that you just mentioned, but also they're capable of touring with, like you said, Robert Plant. Like, yeah, that's super <laughs> cool. That's really cool. Um, hold on one second. Sorry, Jana's like talking to me. Um, yeah, no, it's really awesome that they're able to get on these tours. I don't know if it's by design of the band or if it's just like, you know, how things have worked out. And right. if it's how things have worked out, it's awesome that they were able to be a band during that time and be able to have, you know, whatever supportive team that they had behind them that was getting them on these tours. Um, and also like, being able to be upstream to a major label and like being able to release these, these albums on a label and like being receptive because I can see a world where this music isn't like instantly like latched onto by people. Sure. You know, and I, and I feel like even live, I could say, you know, they're good. Li- they were a good live band, but um, they, 
I don't know. There, there's definitely like when you're on a tour with like plain white tees and like boys night out, boys night out is way different. So like you have a whole, you have all these different crowds of people. Right. So it's like, then you throw in this band where they have these softer moments with bigger moments. And it's like, how do you captivate the audience that way? So it's, there definitely is a world where this band could have just failed immediately. Right. Right. You know, but they didn't, they were able to really, uh, I don't know. They were kind of a band on their own. Like I can't really say like they sound like this specific band. They're not like copying necessarily. I will say one thing, one band that I find uh, that they reference, not reference, but I feel like they're close to would be very early Radiohead. Um, even with the vocals, mm-hmm. like Tom York has that higher pitched uh, vo- voice and then they have the ethereal instrumentation and then they have some bigger moments especially on like okay computer and even the bends um and i know i've covered radiohead in the past um so i feel like radiohead had to have been somewhat of an influence for this band yeah um like they're just there had to have been and um so I, that, that's one one reason why I think that I was able to grab gravitate towards, you know, liking this band so much. So they released they released Pretend You're Alive in 2004. In 2007, they released Everything Starts Where It Ends. Funny story. So if you're looking at the cover art, and this is, I, I feel terrible because I cannot remember, but the cover art is awesome. Like, I loved it. The whole booklet... Um, it was like a digi pack and it was very, it was textured. There was like, uh, embossing on it. So you could like feel the artwork and stuff. And it was really cool. And Janet actually reached out for either my birthday or an anniversary to the artist that did the artwork, uh, for the album and asked them to paint her something. And so we have that in our, uh, in our spare bedroom right now, but I used to have it um, out in the open uh, in the living room, but it's currently in with a whole bunch of other artwork and stuff, but we had him paint it or she had him paint it, And he said he based it. I cannot remember the song, but he based it off of a me without you song. And it's super cool. It's in the same style of this love drug album. And I, that's how much I loved this band at that time. That's you really know? cool though. Like that, she reached out and bought our, our commissioned this guy to paint us something because of how much I loved Love Drug. Right, that's really neat. And so yeah, and then in two thousand and eight, they came out with their third album, The Sucker Punch Show, and it was supposed to uh, come out, and I think it did come out on the Militia Group. But in two thousand eight, the Militia Group died. They like ran out of money. They went bankrupt and they collapsed as a record label, even though they were such a real, like they were just a cool record label. Yeah. Like had a lot of really cool up and coming bands, a lot of cool indie stuff. I mean, they had big bands like acceptance and cartel, like that you would think that would, you know, boost the visibility of this label that would, uh, hopefully not make them collapse. Right. Cause I don't think they were a record label for all that long. Honestly, like 1998 to 2012 is what it's saying is when they defunct, but they went bankrupt in 2008. 
So, huh. yeah. So, so I feel like that's not a long time to be a record. I mean, it's less than, you know, uh, 20 years. Yeah. <clears throat> but like I said, it's interesting or, because they had some decent names out there that could have not carried it, but boosted it. Like you said, that is interesting. Yeah. But I guess, I mean, you know, it music business is, you know, such a up and down industry. It's hard to say what's going to happen, but they were, they were definitely a record label that I loved and followed very closely. Um, and then I think after that, they just kind of started releasing things sort of on their own. Um, yeah, I think it was mostly, I'm looking at it now, they did start releasing everything on their own. So in 2012, they had their fourth album called Wild Blood, and they released that on their own. And I super love this album. And I think at the time they were releasing EPs um, that had some of the songs on it. I can't quite remember. I think it was just like called like one or something. Oh yeah, EP part one, EP part two, and EP part three in 2010 and 11. And uh, so that was leading up to Wild Blood. And some of the songs on Wild Blood were on those EPs. Um, And there were so many good songs. And they they really just continue their style this whole time. Like they're just still the same band. Yeah, They're not like doing the same things over and over again, but they're just like a solid band. That's right. They're able to write like, um, like these indie rock songs, but also they have this pop side to them where, you know, there, there is like catchy, you know, uh, choruses or bridges or things that hook you in and pull you in. And you're like, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. I like it. Like, I wasn't sure. Like, I wasn't sure about it, but now I am. Yeah pretty much how i felt yeah um and then they i mean they 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 are just like continuing to continuing to put things out 2015 they released another album uh in 2017 another one 2018 another one uh actually in 2018 i think he uh the lead singer his name is michael shepherd announced that there will be no more love drug p- projects after this i think the plan was to go and do his own thing um oh, okay. and maybe do solo stuff but then just last year love drug released another album out of nowhere <laughs> i was just like one day i was like wait love drug is this the same band like they have another album right and yeah so they released another album called turning into something you were never meant to be and it was like the same old love drug i was just like this is good this is enjoyable i i miss this band and this is one of the reasons why i think i'm doing it on this episode is just you know i it's a band that i haven't listened to frequently um enough uh, in recent years, but when I was, you know, in when it was 2004 through 2009, let's say love drug was the band for me, like, like one of the bands for me, like they were heavy rotation, pretend, yeah. uh, pretend to be alive and, uh, or pretend you're alive and everything starts where it ends. Like I was religious listening to it and the sucker punch show came out and I was like, okay, they kind of like experimented a little bit with more like nineties rock feel on that album. And I wasn't sure about it, but it ended up growing on me quite a bit. And, um, I think I'm going to play a song from, uh, sucker punch show just because, I mean, they they have a giant catalog. I mean, this is yeah. like, they have nine 
albums, nine total albums since 2004, which I don't know. Just, it's, it's really impressive to look at the band's discography and just be like, you guys have been putting in work. Like you've been doing right. something consistently for this many years without probably like the hugest fan base. And maybe they have like a bigger fan base in like Europe or, or what, but it's not in the U S you know that, I mean, you've never heard of the band. Right. And even at the time, like during, like they were among peers of bands that you listen to, right you know, Right. And that we've covered on this show. Yeah. And I mean, even looking at their, their Spotify numbers, which doesn't mean anything, but it just, their top songs, just over a million plays. Right. Just, and monthly yeah. listeners, 18,000. I mean, yeah. yeah it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't sum up their career, but it's like, it's crazy to think they have so much music. And I was going to comment too, like, you're like, yeah, I don't know if I liked it at first, this 90s style almost. Yeah. But it was like, oh, if you didn't, there's like eight other albums for you to, it's, to enjoy. It's very you know? true. It's yeah. very true. Um, but we, I am going to play off of this 90s album, and there's some questionable lyrics, I guess, in the Ooh. song that I'm going to play for you. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I probably won't even notice. <laughs> but we're going to play, we're gonna play uh, from their 2008 album, The Sucker Punch Show, track number four, Everyone Needs a Halo. Here we go. One, two, three, four. <laughs>
there we go. Second track of the episode, Everyone Needs a Halo. What did you think? I thought it was an interesting choice. Um, just because okay. it was, just because it was so different, and that's not a bad thing. Um, I wasn't expecting that sound. I guess out of it, even though you prefaced it with like it has this '90s rock sound. Like yeah, yeah. But no, that was like '90s rock sound, so for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, they def- they definitely like changed their sound a little bit. But go ahead. Yeah, I mean, nah, I didn't really dig on that one as much. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. Like I, like I did. I I I liked it. For what it was, I guess, but I wasn't like, like the first one. I wasn't, I, I wasn't hooked in. I guess. Interesting. Yeah, that's funny because I, I totally picked that song thinking, I think Kevin's gonna like this. I like one. this one. But you like the first one. I like the first more one than better. you like this one, which is cool. Like yeah. I, I'm totally for that. It's just it, it's so funny. It's so funny when things like that backfire on me. Right. Like I really was just like okay. If Kevin, because in my mind, I was like, Kevin's not going to super dig this first one. But then I was like, in my mind, I was like, he might like, he might like the bridge, which is where you said it kind of solidified it for you. Right. And so I was like, kind of hopeful that that was going to happen. But then I was like, this song is going to do it. Yeah. I'll (laughs) I'll save him on the second one. It's got the, it's got rock. It's like a rock and roll song. It's got some feel to it. He gets like aggressive with his voice. Yeah. No, I did like some of the things he was doing with his voice for sure. Like when it first started that like really high pitched vibrato thing. Yeah. Where he, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, and it's so weird because that is his voice. Like it's yeah. never faltered from that. It's not, I don't think it's like a put on or a play or anything. It's like, that's right. what his voice is. And it's so unique to me. Yeah. Yeah. He's being creative with it. And yeah. And he didn't sound like he was stretching it either. It was just like, that's in his range, you know, for sure. You know, I mean, this is definitely one of their more aggressive sounding songs. I wouldn't say that this is like atypical. For, yeah. for them necessarily um but but you can also see now just from two different songs from two different albums um sp- spanning basically three albums like kind of the range that they have like right. you can kind of guess you know what you're gonna get with this band like if you yeah. were to if you were to kind of jump in i think yeah yeah and you can see like with this style of song how they could fit in other tours and then compared to the first one, how they were mm-hmm. fitting into that scene. So yeah, I'm, sure. not, I'm not knocking it for sure. I, um, but I, I, I can see how that benefits them in a way, you know, they, they could, yeah. they could, could or could have, however you want to word that a, a wide audience because of what they're capable of doing. So for sure, definitely cool. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's what I wanted to show you. I wanted to show you the the differences between, you know, the different versions of the band and just mm-hmm. this band in general. Like like I said, this is a a band that I followed really closely and I've seen four times live and obviously there was a a time period where I was heavily trying to watch, see them, you know, from 2000, I saw them every single year starting 2005, 2005, 2006, and two times in 2007. Yeah. So, like, I was really following them. And then I think after 2007, um, they may have, like, slowed down on the the touring a bit. Um, so, I and I could be wrong with that. They may have been touring near me, and I just, 
you know, they kind of maybe dropped off here and there for me. Sure. Uh, but I, I did follow them. I followed them. Like every time they've released a new album, I listen to it and I enjoy it. Right. Um, and, and that's just, it, it's just how it has been with this band. And I'm always surprised when there's another album. I'm always yeah. like, Oh, <laughs> they're still releasing things. I had no, like out of all the bands that I've listened to throughout my life, this isn't a band that I thought was going to make it past like their third album. I was like sucker punch shows, probably their last one. Right. But no, they, they continue to release music almost like every two years. It feels like, yeah, that's cool. So, so it's pretty impressive uh, for a band that probably doesn't have the, the biggest following, which makes you believe that, you know, or hope that they're doing it because they just, he like, and I think Michael Shepard, who's the lead singer, is kind of the band. He's the driving force. He's the songwriter. He's sure. creating this stuff. So it's like, I don't know if it's an outlet for him, and he he truly just loves making music. That's that's what I gather from, you know, what what this music sounds like, and with them releasing music, uh, so uh, continually every year after year. So well, and especially if they're not making music that is going with trends either sure you know they're doing it because they want to it sounds like um they probably don't have a huge support system as far as finances go with the label but they're still working hard and that's admirable you know we especially in this day where there's nothing going on for musicians and they they somehow put out another album so it's pretty cool yeah no it was awesome it was awesome to see that they had another album out last year i was just beyond surprised i had no idea it was coming and then all of a sudden it's just like in my spotify right <laughs> brand new album i'm like awesome merry christmas i will listen to you <laughs> yeah That's exactly cool. merry christmas oh. although it came out in may so it was a much much earlier christmas happy summer right <laughs> happy kind of start of covid yeah you've been in it for two months so have fun have fun you're gonna need this album <laughs> yeah. Oh. So that's Love Drug. I I hope that you and the listeners potentially go and check out more from Love Drug uh as they are still an active band um and they have a lot of different albums uh that you can listen to uh and uh check out more than just these two songs. Um obviously there's always more that you can listen there's to. A lot. Um and I would highly suggest checking out at least their first three albums. Uh, I Like I said, I also love their fourth album, Wild Blood. And then beyond that, all the other albums are equally as good. And they later on, they start adding a female vocalist, which is actually his wife. Uh, she plays keyboards and piano and does background vocals. So there's a female singer that shows up later on in the band. That's so that's cool. kind of a cool addition. Uh, but yeah, so overall, Love Drug. Hope you enjoyed it. I love them. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad that I remembered that I love them as much as I do. <laughs> I'm glad that came <laughs> back to your memory. It's, yeah, it's, no. it's fun when that happens. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think if um, I'm going to go towards anything, it'll be that what the album the first song came off of, if it's similar to that. Yeah. Um, definitely would like to check that one out. I think start. I think you'll so. like Pretend You're Alive if you enjoyed the song that it played for you, and then I think you'll probably also enjoy Everything Starts Where It Ends, which is their second album. Cool. Um, just just right off the bat, 
Sucker Punch, so like I said, even personally at the time, it was hard for me to get into right away. It was like yeah. this kind of a departure. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that's the episode. Listeners, you know what you got to do. You like, subscribe, follow, do what you do. We, we're on social media. We've got email. What else we got? Patreon. Yeah. It's all in we the show notes. We got it all. We're Everything else other podcasts say they have, we, we have it. We have it too. <laughs> and we got it too. And we've been doing so, it for maybe longer. Probably longer. <laughs> yeah. Although Coming not that you, long. Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's I think Joe hour. Rogan's been doing it longer than us. A lot oh, longer. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I think he's in like the thousands in episodes and they're all like six hours each, so. I, I can't talk for six hours, man. <sighs> I couldn't do it. I'm barely pushing an hour. But, I mean, someone pays me the money he's being paid. Oh, I yeah. Talk to, I could talk for to sure. celebrities for a few hours. Sure. That's no problem. I'll stick my hand in a box with some snakes. <laughs> it's a whole different show. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, either way, thanks for listening, Kevin. Yeah. Thanks for presenting. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> So we'll be back next week with another episode and a lot more fun on the way. So as always, Steve, we'll see you next Monday. I almost hung up the freaking call. (laughs) You're like, and business meeting done. So, yeah, that's what I'm so used to doing at work.